Praise the Lord. It is always nice to worship in here with all of you. Um, hope that you all are doing well. Thank you so much for coming out. I know the weather has not given us the best Sundays, but that's okay. The sun's out, and it is good to be here. And I'm glad that you made the choice, ha, 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 to be here, right? Um, if you've not been with us, we are going through a series called Unleash Jesus over all these different areas. And uh, just to kind of catch you up, if you've not been with us, um, Unleash is giving unrestricted access to Jesus in different areas of our lives. And not just giving him access, but letting him come over and have control over those, which is kind of like the next step a little bit deeper. But this week, we're going to move into um, this season of choices. And most of you... Uh, make a lot of choices, right? Every day, you probably made a choice to, to come today, what you're wearing, and so uh, it's just something we do, right? I, I want to take you on a little bit of a journey today, and in your devotional, I hope that you're making that a priority, kind of tying the weeks together, diving in deeper, and then even going further than that, but in your devotional this week, you're going to look at the life and ministry of Habakkuk. He is an Old Testament prophet. Um, I don't know about you, and, and I say this often, but many of you, right, sometimes have been in a situation in your life where you're living in the product of someone else's choices, and you don't have any say in it. You're kind of just like you're there, right? Your parents, your family, your spouse, they make a choice, they, they do something that's maybe positive or negative, but you have to live in those choices. Habakkuk is that prophet, he had to live in the long-term choices of God's people to be disobedient. They were disobedient year after year after year. They were selfishly driven. And then this prophet comes on the scene and has to speak truth to the world. And he kind of, if you journey this week, you'll see that he kind of had to come to the place where he honored and glorified God no matter what he had to live in. And unfortunately or fortunately, he really didn't live in the product of the glory of the goodness of God's redemption of God's people. And church, if, if we would become a selfless people that, that really live the way God calls us to live, which is to live for others, we, we might not always have to see the product or always have to be celebrated because we're always trusting God to do a work even beyond us, even beyond our lives. And so um, I'd encourage you to do that. Um, Think about it. Choices are everywhere. Think about going to the store, right? You go to the store, and sometimes it's so hard to make a choice because even in one product, there's what? A million options to that one product. It's why I hate going to the store when my wife gives me a list and says, hey, go to the pay list down the street. It's easy. Just pick up these three things. I usually pick up 30 um, just because, I'm just being honest, you can ask her. I come back with tons of stuff, and she's like, we didn't need this. I didn't ask for it, and it's not the right thing. And, and she could quote that to you, right? Just because that's what I do. I get in there and I get confused because it's like, wait a minute, this option's dairy-free, this option's, and it's like, then I start thinking about kids' allergies, and if I just stuck to the list and just did what she said, right, I'd be okay. But oftentimes, we get wrapped up. I want you to think about a couple of statements. Choices hold the power to define us. Think about it. There are defining moments in your life where you've made a choice and it has set a direction Choices can set our priorities. Choices set our paths. Choices set our futures. We're talking about college-age people today. They have lots of choices before them, and many of those choices dictate the, the futures. 
I sit with a lot of people week in and week out. It's one of the greatest things that I get to do. And like most of the time we're discussing what? A choice that's on the horizon, a choice that's in the past, a choice that's coming. And we have to decide like, okay, are we going to choose the way that God is working and prompting and calling or are we going to choose another way? Choices can ruin futures. I don't, I don't know if you've ever sat with someone who made like one choice. I mean, I mean, made really good choices all along the, the way and then made that one choice and like, pastor, but it was just one choice. And it changed everything. You know, there's people sitting in prison right now. Like good people made one wrong choice. They were in the wrong place at the wrong time and it changed their life forever. Choices can bring about amazing days. Choices can alter relationships. Choices can even change our our physical makeup. Choices are honestly a daily burden that actually puts all of us in common. Every one of you. You're making choices day in and day out. You're going to make choices when you go home. You're going to make choices on what to say, how to act, where to go, what to do, how to respond. Did you know that choices can also take on a life of their own? I don't, I don't know about you, but there are pivotal moments in my life where I've made a choice and they kind of grew into their own thing. Not, not even expecting them to grow into their own thing. It's like, I did it, I made the conscious choice, and then all of a sudden, it's like it just keeps attaching something else and something else, and before I know it, it's huge. And sometimes huge for the good. And then sometimes huge for, for not the goodness of God. Choices have the ability to set us up, right? They also have the ability to set us back. Pretty much every choice does that, right? My wife says, honey, why don't you just choose the generic every time? Because when I come home, I'm going to say, why didn't you get the generic? And I'm like, but honey, I started reading ingredients, and she always tells me, they make it in the same place. It's just boxed one way or the other. Why is that important to her? Because she wants to save money. And normally, unless it's on sale, what's the great value brand? It's cheaper church every choice that we make has the ability to set us up or set us back and you're going to learn in the scripture that we look at today that there's really just one way or the other you're you're either driving into the arms of jesus or you're driving out of the arms of jesus and every choice if we really think about it has the opportunity to do that all right I'm going to give you two of mine. I'm going to give you a good one, and I'm going to give you a bad one. Are you ready for it? All right, move to the next slide. Okay. Um, I've been on a journey in my life, and right out of college, I got a job at a pretty rough school in Camden, New Jersey, was teaching and working overtime in the group homes because it was a school for the developmentally disabled as well as behaviorally challenged, so much so that they'd be removed from their homes and go live in these group homes, come to the school during the day. I worked in the school, and on the, the summers, they would go on a vacation. 
every group home would go on a vacation. They'd come to the teachers and they'd say, hey, do you want to work in the summer when they go to vacation? And I volunteered a couple years in a row and said, yeah, I could use the extra money. They paid us well and we'd go stay in these homes that they rented on Ocean City Boardwalk. And so pretty incredible place, a lot of fun. We enjoyed it with the kids. Second year in, um, and I was like kind of teetering in my faith. I was back and forth. But yet at work, I was always talking about Jesus, talking about the church, talking about what we're doing, inviting people, allowing people to come talk to me to share about Jesus, and it was just how it was. And um, second year in, I'm just gonna be like real, uh, there were these dudes that kind of were like the dudes. They were fit, they went to the gym after work every day. They were kind of like the cool guys. Everybody wanted them to be around. They were just the it. I'm just being honest, okay? You know there's those people in life. They were the it people. And then there was one female that was a part of this group and I happened to get paired with this group and I was like, Lord, I just wanted to be with like the misfits. Like we get along well, no offense, right? We're cool, we're cool with each other. No, no airs and this was like an air. It was Friday night, week-long vacation. It wasn't vacation, we worked, but I was doing the overnight shift and they were drinking. You were allowed to have, crazy enough, if you weren't on shift, two drinks and you had to have done it before your shift hits the 10 hours to the next. And so th that's how it worked. Anyway, they just kept coaxing me and coaxing me and like saying, hey, just take one, it's no big deal, we won't say anything. And it's no big deal, day after day after day, I was like, Lord, this keep pressing me, I'm not gonna do this, I'm not interested. Friday night, the last night, they said, do you want to just, like, it's the last night. What's the big deal? I reached over. I took it. I took a drink. And this is the moment I'll never forget. And it has transformed my life. They reached across the table and high-fived each other. And they said, see, I told you he's just like everybody else. It broke my heart. And I said, what do you mean? They said, well, we've, been, we've had a bet every night. We had bets last year, too. You just said no because you never gave in. But we were betting every night that, that somehow we would get you to be just like everybody else. A big old hypocrite. That crushed me. It's still, I said this in both services, like when I say it, that feeling of watching them, I, I forgot a lot of my childhood, a lot of stuff, but that moment I'll never forget when they high-fived and they said, he's just like everybody else. What was the problem with that? It was my witness. September, go back to school. I would think, you know, hey, we're coming back together. We're getting ready for the school year. Do you know what everybody asked me? Did you really? And I had to say, yeah. And they would say, what? Aren't you a Christian? And I would say, yeah, but that doesn't define me. And I made a mistake. And I shouldn't have. Because the issue was, I was working. I was the one on shift. I was the one that, church, it has forever changed my heart, my mind. It's why I share with you week in and week out what we do here, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, what you do at your workplace, what you do in your family, what you do in the backwoods of your conversations and of your heart outpouring, it affects the kingdom. And I had no idea that they were like trying to get me to, just so they could, He's just like everybody else. You want a good one? Just say yes. All right, good. All right, you need a good one. So today's a little different than normal. Um, finally, 
gave my heart over to the Lord in a true way and, and went into ministry, but didn't really go into it, got a local license. If you understand the process, kind of the first step, and kept that for a long time instead of going to the district license. And um, was in Cape May, Community Church of the Nazarene, like right on the beach, it was wonderful. And I'll just say, it was some of the like, best years of my life. Great ministry. We had this youth praise team. They were so talented. I didn't do anything. They did it. They did a CD. They went on tour. We were at the beach with the kids. I'd just pile them in the van, go to the beach. I mean, it was a great season. I rode, imagine this, I rode my bike three and a half miles every day to work and back with a backpack, rain or snow, anything, just because I was fit at the time and like life was good. Having different girlfriends, you know, on and on. Anyway, um, it was a good season. I mean, it's just like people actually wanted me. I'm like, okay, that changes over time. But anyway, um, the Lord said, after five years, I want you to go to the army. And I was like, what? I'm old for that. I wasn't really old, but old for that, right? And I, I just kept struggling. And the Lord just kept bringing it to my heart. In different moments, he was coming in and saying, Joe, this is what I really mean. And I said, okay, I'll do it if I go to my spiritual like father and just randomly say, what do you think? Because he normally would have said, dude, like, why would you leave something great? And like, God is really moving and... See, there was another side of this, which was my family and my parents who were saying, don't go away, don't get the district license, don't. And so went to him, I said, hey, I think I'm supposed to go to the army. Well, I didn't know that God already spoke to him and said, no matter what he says, it doesn't matter. You're to say yes, and you're to do it right away. So I went and said, hey, I think I'm supposed to go to the army. You are. I was like, I didn't even tell you about it. He said, I promise you, God said go. And I said, okay. Went to basic training, went to Fort Hood. Fort Hood landed first Sunday, and you all know this story. Went to the wrong church, went to the next church. It happened to be Ashley's dad's church where she had, he had pastored 14 years. That day took me out to, to lunch, random stranger, first Sunday there, right? Takes me to lunch and different day. But anyway, takes me to lunch. The next Sunday I meet Ashley, and we get married eight weeks later. So anyway, um, took you a second to process that, right? Don't do that, okay? I'm just saying, like... Young people, just ignore what I just said, okay? <laughs> Praise God, ignore it. I won't talk about the first year. I'll talk about second to 14. But anyway, um, I, I promise you, here's what, here's what my wife will say to you today. She came into that and God spoke to her heart and said, everything that you do, you need to encourage him to go into ministry. You need to encourage him to fully embrace it. You need to encourage him to, to go after it. I wanna use you to change the trajectory of his life. Now, some would say, I wish that never happened, but I would say, I'm glad it did. And I stand in the power and presence of God knowing that he used her and used that journey to get me to a woman who'd be brave enough to confront me in the midst of my mediocrity and say, no longer should you live in mediocrity. And she was the first person that strongly stepped in and said, it's, it's time to be done. And then I shifted my entire life. Choices 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 have the ability to do crazy things i want to take you to the scripture if you got your bibles we're going to be in isaiah chapter 30 verses 18 through 22 isaiah chapter 30 verses 18 through 22 um, if you want to stand forward to get a little little exercise and stand up and uh, we're going to read it's a beautiful beautiful scripture in fact one that like i I often just read the first part of it. You know why? Because I, I want you to think about this. Therefore, the Lord waits. Now, now, what does it mean when you wait for something, right? 
Many of you are like, what? You're waiting for me to do what? Get done so you can go eat, right? But, but, but think about it. When you're waiting for someone to do something, it means like you're in tune with them, right? It, it means that you're focused in on them. Listen to what the Lord says here. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Wait a minute. Church, this is incredible. It's like as we make a choice to follow him, he is waiting right there to throw out his graciousness. Has anyone in your life ever been gracious to you? Done something to you that you don't deserve? Given you something you, don't, you haven't earned? And they just did it out of just being gracious to you? Well, here's the God of heaven saying, I wait for my people to just make the choice to say yes, and I'm gonna pound in and I'm gonna be gracious to them. And it gets better. And therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. Church, this is to you. Put your name there. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. For a people shall dwell in Zion and Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. Church, when you cry out to him, he is waiting to spread graciousness onto you. He's not going to hold it. He's not going to withhold it. He's not going to say, well, when you, I will. He's not going to do that. The scripture tells us he's ready at the sound of your cry to answer you. As soon as he hears it, he answers you. Now, some of us would say, well, he didn't answer me, or he didn't answer me in this moment or that moment. Church, I promise you, in a realm that you don't understand, he is answering it. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity, See, things are going to happen in the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher, and your ears shall hear a word behind you, and your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, then you will defile your carved idols overlaid with silver and your gold-plated metal images, meaning they were getting rid of everything that wasn't of God. They were saying no more. Their choices were leading them into this graciousness that God wanted to pour out on them. And they were experiencing this. You will scatter them as unclean things. You will say to them, be gone. God, right now, bless the reading of your word and bring your power and might into this place. We pray that the evil one would have no way and that no scheme would prosper in the life and ministry of AFC. And God, we pray that you would protect the remainder of this time. Move in the hearts of your people and show them that you are ready to be gracious to them when they choose you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you ever walked before? You made it, right? And even if you haven't walked, you probably moved in some way, right? Well, uh, this week, actually the last couple of weeks, and, and, I, and I'll tell you, I've been preparing these messages for months, and, and God has really been challenging me on even simple choices that I'm making. Choices on what I eat, choices on where I go, choices on how I spend my own like allowance and stuff. God has just really been speaking to me about really allowing every choice to be surrendered and under the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, um, you know, we're all kind of like get excited when, when babies walk, right? There's something that's just incredible to it. And I don't know if you have multiple children, I want to tell you how it really goes, okay? The first kid, you're just so thrilled, right? They, they start to climb up on things and they start to grab things. And then all of a sudden you're in front of them and you're doing what? You're like, you're like holding their hands. Come on, baby. Come on, sweetie. You can do this. Like, take the next step and then then they start taking those steps right and it's so exciting then all of a sudden you're like let me try one hand and then then your wife who's like really kind of anal about things she says make sure you switch hands because they're balancing their hips and I'm like, okay so you, you do one hand then you do the other hand and then it's like okay she's watching me and you just keep going back and forth and then all of a sudden what do they do they take off 
So this past week, I've been watching all the videos of the kids, and, and every one of them, she sent them all to me, and I, then I start wailing and stuff, because I'm like, they're so big. And, and, and every one of them, it's like, wow, well, Hazel, she was doing this walking thing, right? She didn't do a lot of crawling. She did this walking thing. And in the video, I can remember it now after watching it. In the video, it was like we let go of her and she took off. She, she just started running. So in the video, we, we turned to the side to let her go. And then, then all of a sudden, the other videos, as they got older, it was like, hey, like, um, you know, come over to here. Hey, hey, don't, don't go down that step. Hey, now when you have your second kid, uh, you know, Ashley's like, what's your problem? You're not like, listen, once we got the first one running, I said, forget it. If they don't ever want to walk, you know, whatever. I'll just put them where they're supposed to be. Because you go from putting them, you know what I mean, in the carrier, like, here they are, here they are. And you know when you put them there, they're what? They're still there. Once they start walking, you put them there, they're gone. You know, it's just crazy, right? And, and that's kind of how God wants us to be. And, and I want to share with you this scripture. He, here's how it works in our spiritual realm, right? God is like in front of you. He's saying, come on. Come on, Colin. Come on, I got a plan for you. Come on, I want to show you. Come on, I want to draw you in. Come on, I want to show you the new things. Come on, make this choice. Make this choice. I, I'm right here. And then all of a sudden, we have this moment and we choose Jesus. And what does everybody do? We celebrate, right? Just like when you let go of the kid and they do it on their own, we celebrate, we cheer, we, we get around you, we, we give you devotionals and Bibles, and we, we just get so excited. Then all of a sudden, you make the decision to get baptized and say, now I'm telling everybody, and we, we celebrate it. Now God's like saying, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go for about 10 minutes and, and another 10 minutes, and, and I'm gonna move one hand this way and, and one hand that way, and, and all of a sudden you're, then scripture says, scripture says that, that all of a sudden, we begin to hear a voice that, that's behind us that says, hey, Joe, I don't think that's the best for you. Hey, Joe, I, I think I've got more. Why don't you choose? Hey, Joe, don't, don't ruin your witness. Hey, Joe, when, when you go to make this, I need you to, to really follow me and listen to me. And all of a sudden, it's like God goes from here to like here. God begins to settle into your heart and he doesn't need to like show you everything and every move and every, he begins to say, I'm gonna let you go on this week-long vacation with some people and love on them and care for them but stand for the right things and, and I'm gonna let you listen to my voice and, and answer. And then all of a sudden, the scripture tells us that he doesn't have to stand in front of us like, like a baby. And, and, and here's the other thing that gets frustrating, right? What, what, what really happens, and if you understand the way it progresses, is that Isaiah, this prophet, is giving this message, and it's like all of a sudden, you're going to go from like being wooed to celebrating your transformation, to celebrating your baptism, to celebrating those beginning moments with people wrapped around you, and then all of a sudden, you shift to the side and you, you get in front of somebody else and you say, I've been there, and, and I'm going to bring you I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be the vessel that God uses to bring you along in your choice-making process. Because church, each and every one of you have choice-making processes. Somehow, someway, you're listening to something that's causing you to choose this or choose that or choose some of you. Let's just be honest. You haven't read your Bible, devotional, nothing since last Sunday. And you expect your journey in spirituality to be exciting and vibrant and like, whoo, and it ain't. It ain't gonna be. If you decide not to go back to the supermarket and you go through everything that's in your pantry and your freezer, eventually you're gonna have to get so creative 
that your kids are going to look at you and say, what is this? Well, it's what was in there, and I ain't going to the supermarket. It's too much money. But then eventually, you know what's going to happen? You're going to run out. And then that voice, because you've gone so far, your choices have driven you so far that you're going to run out. And you're, you're not going to have much to hold on to. Scripture says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Do you have a voice saying to you that's from the Spirit of God saying, this is the way? Did you know that choices always have voices? Can you say that choices always have voices? What do you mean? Come on now. Past voices. They, they just have a way of like, they're not even audible. They, they can just, 18, 20, 30 years of, of the past just saying, you know, you go to make a choice and it just steps in and says, well, you know, your mom would have said, your so-and-so would have said, your friend always said, current voices. You know, these all can be good, right? Past voices can be good and they can be not so good. Current voices can be good and they can be not so good. See, if you really have been filled with the Spirit of God and all of a sudden you're okay not being celebrated anymore and you shift to the side and then you shift forward and you say, hey, it's my turn to pull you along. You don't need a lot of praise, but you need a lot of hearing of the voice of God so you know just what to do at the right moment for that person. The voice that comes from the Spirit of God, that's the voice, church. Friend voices. You know how many people tell me my friend said, and I just want to melt away. Oh, gosh. What friend is this? Good friend, bad friend? I'm pretty sure if you're still in the same environment, that friend ain't my friend. I'd love to be their friend to bring transformation. But when you say, well, you know, my friend says, and, and my friend, and I'm like, oh, gosh. Well, do they believe in Jesus? Do they believe in Jesus? Do they? Well, no, but it's my friend, and they've been with me since I was, like, great, you know, one of those. So, you know, let's just be honest, right? I want to see that friend to get in front of that friend and say, let me be your friend. Let me bring you to, let me woo you to Jesus who really wants to be a true friend to you. Parent voices, scripture voices, church. Just in the, in the scripture that I spoke to you today, imagine if in your hardest day, right, and you just felt like nobody's for you, if you opened that up and it said, the Lord waits <laughs> to be gracious on you man, imagine making the choice to, to read your scriptures more. Church, God has a way of using his scriptures instead of just randomly in a bad day saying, well, God speak, and you turn in, it's the genealogy of Jesus. Well, what's that gonna do? I'm in depression. You know what? Call me up and I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll tell you that Jesus came from a long line of people that had a lot of struggles and had a lot of stuff and you know what God did? He came over it. He worked through it. He rose them up. And so now we can remember them for who they are and not what they did. And so you know what? Scripture has a way if you'll built it into your choice-making process of speaking into you. Scripture should have a voice. Society is a voice. And boy, is it yelling loudly. I'm gonna give you a couple of couple of statements just because remember a lot of times when we go to make a choice right 
Um, now, if you're married, you only hear one, two voices, God and your wife. It's just how it rolls. You know what I mean? You're in the supermarket or you're online about to buy a pair of shoes and it's like you hear your wife. I cannot tell you how many times I've clicked decline just because I hear my wife like, you don't need that. I'm like, I need another. Hey, dude, mine are worn out. She's like, what about those shoes on the shelf? I said, oh, they're different. You know what I mean? They're, they, they're different. They're LeBrons. Anyway, you don't just wear them anywhere. I, I pulled one out on Wednesday. It was pretty incredible. But it's going to stay there for another year. So... Um, but think about it. When you go to make choices, like when you go to tear somebody down, think about what you have to do first. You have to be willing to risk. When you go to build somebody up, you have to be willing sometimes to, to risk. When you make the choice to speak about Jesus in a place where Jesus isn't really welcome, you have to make a choice. Remember one of my friends at the beginning of the school year and said, man, but like, dude, I said, I know, I know. In my mind, I, I, he said, it would have been such an opportunity for you to say, you know what, it's just, I want what's best. And he was older than me. He said, you should have just said like, you just want what's best for your body, for God, for your example, for your life, for your, I said, I know. Church, there are voices that speak into every choice that we make. Three statements. Listening to the right voices has the ability to introduce the right people into your life. When we choose God's way, we make a choice to move from a self-driven path to a God-driven, Jesus-unleashed path in our life. The choices we make that are not God's best have the ability to introduce the wrong people and the wrong scenarios in our lives. And church, you can become paralyzed if you listen to the wrong people. Because when you listen to the wrong people, then you respond in the wrong way, then you make choices that don't set up God's best in your life. We can often paralyze growth through listening to the wrong voices, leading to making the wrong choices, which often leads us to make those choices that bring compromises into our spiritual life. If American Christianity had a name and you asked someone in India where I was at, Africa where I was at, Brazil where I was at, they would say to me, are American people that believe in Jesus really, really passionate about Jesus? They would always ask those kind of questions. And I would say, yeah. And oftentimes they would say, really? Oh yeah, like us? Well, not like you, but like us in America. Because the things they gave up, I mean, the situations that I would find that they were in, I mean, family and like long-term faith that they left. I mean, they're like, they, they give up everything. I'm like, well, some do. You know, I chuckle, go like, some do. I remember in India, I said, well, some do. Oh, we had to give everything up. Everything. I, I had to give up friends. We had to move. Because in this area, if you didn't worship this, you, you just, it wasn't safe. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14, and ready to get close here to closing you're going to know this when I say it and it's going to be a scripture that none of us like and a scripture that God continues to place at the forefront of my mind starting in verse 13 of chapter 7 in Matthew enter by the narrow gate right away it probably all clicked in your heads right 
Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. That's the key word, and I want you to hold on to it because I'm going to translate it for you in a second. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. Church, hold on to that. Don't you want life? Don't you want like abundant life that comes from? And those who find it are few. I believe one of the most depressing scriptures spoken in the word. And those who find it are few. The choices we make today dictate the gate that we enter, but it also dictates the life that we experience now. Now, today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday. Many of us are living in basic encounters with God. You know what's funny? If you bought a new car, right? You shouldn't, but if you bought a new car and it was a lemon, like every day you pulled it off the lot and every day something was wrong, what would you do? You would look up the lemon law, right? I don't know if you know about that. Look up the lemon law. What, you would call your dealer and say, I bought a new car and something's broken every day. I want it to be returned and I want something that, but you know what we do in Christianity? We just settle every day. We settle, we settle, we settle. Our choices are just settling. And then all of a sudden, we just kind of settle into a lackluster, lack of excitement, lack of joy, lack of fervor Christian journey. But then we watch other people and it's like, wow, but they, but they, but they. Ask them. Ask them a specific question. What choices are you making that are allowing you to experience this? It's like being in a marriage that's just okay. Gosh, that sounds exciting, doesn't it? Do you know half of Americans do? They, they're just, it's It's okay. Like, listen, I'll just be honest. When, when my wife's mad at me, I am like a puppy dog that will do whatever it takes at her leg to make it right at some point. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I don't want lackluster marriage. Like, I want to go home and laugh today, and I want to go home and, like, have a good time and, like, watch a movie and play and wrestle and, like, not with her, with the kids. But anyway, you know, I didn't mean that came out. I was thinking of family. You know, you go home with family, right? Uh, gosh, that was really weird. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Ooh, and if I wrestled with Janae, that would be weird too. But anyway, um, but, you know, we, we, we kind of just like in our Christian journey, oftentimes we just settle. We won't settle in other, if you go to McDonald's and you don't get what's right, what are you doing? You're about to swing around. I wish they had, I'm always saying, I need that third window, right? They just give it, give me the right order at the third window. And you you got to drive around and say, no, like I met seven cheeseburgers and two double, you know what I mean? Because they don't ever understand that. But anyway, um, we won't settle for that. But our choices are constantly, constantly showing God that he should hold off on that gracious movement that he's ready to give you. Remember I said destruction, it actually translates as a form of waste. Do y'all like waste? What do we do with waste? We throw it away. We get rid of it. We discard it. And it actually goes further to say that, like, wasting away. Eric, do you mind if I ask you again? Is that okay? All right, I want to just close. Oh, my. Oh, okay. Basically, if you look at this, allowing Jesus unrestricted access into your choice-making processes it's going to have to be like surrender. You're going to have to say, okay, 
I surrender it. I surrender the flesh. I surrender the desires. I surrender the the compromise. I surrender the the mediocrity. And I think it's going to have to be a practical move. Many say, well, what what do you want? What are you saying? What's next, Pastor? What's next is like, every move that, that you make, every choice that you have to make, you go before him first. I'm getting into these patterns where even when I walk into a storm, I'm like, all right, Lord, remind me of what I actually need, what not, not what I want. R- remind me of what like is really important and what isn't. When I go to speak, okay, God, remind me like, what's the most edifying thing? Get, get rid of my flesh. What, what's the most edifying thing that I can say? Let me make that that right choice. Church, it'll change your life. It'll make people mad. Because guess what? What happened 20-some years ago would never happen again. They could pass it and pass it, and I would say the same thing. God's got better. So you have a choice. You can choose to be all in or you can choose to compromise. Now, I'm not saying like perfection because I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect husband, dad. I make bad choices and decisions, but I promise you that when I make it, I ask the Lord this, like, God, when, when I make it, show me right away. You ever go fishing? If you didn't go fishing, can you picture a fishing rod? I wish, I, I promise you, I wish that over the years that my choices would sometimes be like a fishing rod where I, I let it out and realize, oh no, that ain't the right lure and pull it back in. But unfortunately, when I make a choice, it's out there. It, it's in the water. It's hard to reel it back. It's hard to take it off. It's hard to go back. You ever send an email and wish you didn't send it? And you go in and you Google how you can unsend it and you can't. So anyway, right, it's, it's awful. Or you send a text and like, how can I unsend that? I know they're working on stuff like that. You know why? Because many of us have done it, right? But boy, when we make a choice to go one way or the other with Christ, you can't take it back, church. You gotta just live in the path that it gives you and get back to the path that God's given you or live in the path that it's a good choice because many of you are making good choices And you know what? Continue to do that. Continue to live in that. But I want to ask you just a couple of questions in closing. What choices are causing you to compromise? What choices are causing you to compromise? What choices are causing you to settle for less than God's best? You know, God has a best for you. Not just a like, it's all right, but a like, this is incredible. What, what choices are, are causing you to step off the narrow? What choices are, are causing you to just waste away? I get so mad at my kids. They leave their bikes out, right? Well, we're in Indiana. It snows. So there's a bike sitting out in the snow. But you know what? I put my foot down. I said, you're supposed to put your bike in the, in the barn so it doesn't get snowed on. And then they look at it in the snow like, Dad, go get it. I'm like, I ain't getting it. I'm too old now to go out in the snow. Anyway, 
roll around it like I used to when they were first little. But what, what, what's, what's happening to it? It's rusting. I hope they learn, right? I said, put it away. God said, Joe, come on. God said, come on, Colin. Come on, Nicole. I'm with you. If you'll just make this choice, I'm going to pour out my graciousness on you. And boy, to think about those feelings when people are gracious to me and forgive me in the midst of my, I mean, think about the graciousness of God and how much greater that is. And he's just waiting, waiting for us to make good choices driven by his scriptures, his spirit, his will, his heart, his hope. So I don't know, bow your heads, close your eyes. There's stairs here. Maybe you need to adjust some of your choices. Maybe you need to confess some of your choices. Maybe you have a big choice coming up and you're like, I don't know what to do about it. God, show me. These steps are a place to say, God, show me. I I want to. I want to go your way. Come on, church, surrender it. Let it go. Ask Jesus. Ask Jesus to come in and just have unrestricted access over your choices.
and trust you, Jesus, in your presence daily live. And I surrender all. I surrender all. All to So God, here we are. We step into this week and we just throw up our arms and say, God, we surrender all to you. Every choice we're gonna make this week, we are gonna commit. We're gonna commit it to you. We're gonna talk to you. We're gonna have a conversation with you. We're gonna let you guide us in our choices. God, thank you. Thank you that scripture tells us that you wait to be gracious. Oh God, thank you. So God, we thank you. We pray that the enemy would have very restricted access to the people that are in this room and that are watching online. Lord, we ask that you would just keep the enemy from them, keep them safe, keep them in your arms. Show them this week practically your graciousness. God, be with our families, be with little Indy. God, we bless you, we thank you, we praise you, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Thank you for making the choice to be here. Talk to somebody you don't know, encourage one another. Have a blessed afternoon.